Andy. It is. And that's something that people should have that at the beginning, not later. Yeah. Um, because you could meet it going down a road of an idea and then six months later and you're like, wow, that was such a big mistake. Cause I didn't think about these things. I didn't think about the legal. I didn't think about the financial, you know, all these components. You just wasted six months. Well, you know, for if you're 22, six months may not be that bad. But when you're a little bit older and you're like, well, you know what? I don't think I can go back six months. <laughs> Welcome to the Building to Scale podcast, where we bring real entrepreneur stories that showcase the challenges and successes in building and scaling an entrepreneurial business. Our host, Jeff Chastain, is a business transformation coach with Admentis, where he coaches business leaders and their teams with a proven set of principles and tools, helping them gain clarity in and get more of what they want from their business. Make sure to stick around until the end of the show, and we will reveal how you can become our next guest. Hello, everybody. Jeff Chastain here with the Building to Scale podcast, where I get the opportunity really to introduce and speak with entrepreneurial business leaders and influencers, hearing their stories of both challenges and successes as they've grown and scaled their business. Today, I have with me Uni, Roast, uh, Uni Rosales Yost of 13 Roots. So, uh, Uni, first off, welcome to the show, and thank you for taking a bit out of your day here to join us. Oh, thank you so much for the invite. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> well, glad to have you. So, we've been talking already, and I've already loved your story and loved some of the stuff you're coming out with. So, we're going to have to kind of rewind a little bit on that and make sure we can share that with everybody else. Yeah. But, um, so, tell us a little bit more about your, your current role and, and where 13 Roots is going. Okay, sure. Absolutely. Um, 13 Root is our tech company um, that we built actually right after we built GoSJ. So we decided to create a core company that just focused only on technology and um, created the distribution you know, platform like the GoSJ and all benefits, you know, HQ and, and you know, it goes on and on and on. And so um, it's exciting and I get to be back in tech again. I mean, I left it, you know, for insurance and, and now I can do both. So it's kind of fun and exciting again. Oh, it's, that's all. And I think that's really the key with most entrepreneurial journeys is finding out what you're, you're passionate about. Cause that's the, we, we glorify the, the startup days, but the reality is it's a grind to sit there and go through that. So if you don't have the passion for it, then that makes it that much worse. Oh, absolutely. I, I you know, I see why, you know, there's very little amount or little, you know, number of women in the tech space or who is doing a startup in the tech space, because it is a grind. I mean, you have to have the strength to get up every morning and be passionate, excited, not just for yourself, but you have to be excited for all your, you know, your staff, your employees, your vendors, your investors. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And you have to have the skill, you know, that you have the passion that you want to change the world. And that's the other passion that you have to have. So tell us a little bit more about yourself here. Was Were you the, the, the stereotypical kind of Girl Scout selling cookies kind of thing on early days entrepreneur? Or did you kind of fall into this? How, how did you get into this? Um, actually, I've been in tech for a long, long time. Um, I started about, you know, I think around year 2000, a bit before 2000. Um, so I've been in tech for about 15 plus years. I left it to go into the insurance. Now insurance is about 10 years. So I'm still 25. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Yep. Always, you know, 25. But actually when I, you know, when I was much younger, I was planning to be a doctor. That was my goal. I, you know, made 
into biology to be a doctor. And they later decided that, wow, what a long, long, long journey. And I don't think I have the capacity for it. So I changed my career into finance, which is I have a degree in accounting that which led me into a tech company working for it. And I just fell in love with it. You know, it gave me that creativity that, you know, I could use uh, to solve problems. I'm a problem solver. I just want to fix things, you know, go walking down Walmart aisle and go, you know, they really need to move the shelves around here and there. (laughs) So I'm one of those people that want to fix things, you know, so technology is a way for it to do that. But then of course you can't use, you know, technology only to fix things because that's not, you know, humanly possible. But, but I never really thought of myself becoming an entrepreneur when I was younger. That was never one of my big goal in life. Um, but I think I just fell into it when my parents were a small business owner. I started working with them and just, you know, you know, following their dream and, um, and being part of it. It was hard, super hard. Um, but it gave me, you know, a lot of freedom that I would have never had as a, as a going through the corporate, you know, ladder. Yeah. No, and that's, that's really what you hear from a lot of people is, is <laughs> that corporate ladder just doesn't quite work for them kind of a thing there. So mm-hmm. Going from technology and insurance background, how did you end up with uh, the, the GoAskJ platform or the 13 Roots platform with GoAskJ in terms of building your own company? How did you make that? What was the catalyst for that one? Uh, actually, um, I was trying to solve my own problem, you know, since I own insurance agencies and, and I wanted to scale and I wanted to do so many things for the customer and be available to them 24-7 and I could not do it. And I couldn't expand beyond the X number of customers because it's so brick and mortar, you know, all the, you know, the work, you know, the, the challenges working with, uh, with all the insurance companies and their lack of technology, you know, that really pushed um, and at the same time, I'm like, you know, I have to make a decision, you know, do I continue to build the you know, brick and mortar or what is out there? And luckily, you know, InsurTech and FinTech start to take off, which means technology is driving, you know, conversions or disruption in the insurance space. You no longer need to have an agent to buy winter policy or auto policy and so forth. So looking at that, I'm like, wow, this is the answer. I want to do this. So it took a while to come up with the concept of uh, Goache. And I started that first, which is to create a marketplace very similar to Amazon and go, how can I bring all these innovative, you know, disruptive product into one space that people can go and, you know, and um, have access to these products, you know, directly. Um, And that's how we evolved from that to where we want to scale. And then we decide, and then I started working on how do I get this thing distributed? That's the other part, right? So fun to build things. And then you're like, huh, how do I get customers? (laughs) (laughs) So so I started uh, uh, researching into all the big companies. You're talking about the Ubers, you know, you're talking about Matchstock. When you have, when you're sitting right in the middle between two parties, right? The customer and products. And so how do they bring it? You know, it's the chicken and the egg, right? Do I bring the product first and wait for the customer or how do I, you know, the challenges. So, you know, looking through uh, many, many, you know, case studies and and studies of it, I came, you know, came out with the idea. You actually have to do both (laughs) all at the same time. (laughs) 
um, and the challenge is which one comes first, you know, and so um, that's what I, you know, with the studies of like the Uber models or the match.coms or even Amazon, I mean, he started with selling a book, you know, and people thought he was crazy, who would buy book online in 1999, right, and so, but then, you know, he saw the future of what it can be, and so he started with, with a singular product and then evolved and, you know, continued. And people, you know, forget because we're so used to shopping on Amazon that it took over 25 years for the success of the company, you know, to build and sustain and grow and evolve as they go. And, you know, and what it took for him to get there, right? Working out of the garage, you know, um, and then just like delve you know, computer working out of dorms or Facebook. It seems so easy. Like, wow, it instantly became, you know, famous and, and everybody's pouring money into it. But, you know, um, that is the, the other side of the startup, right? The ones who make it, you know, out of the 1.1% of all the startups in the world. And then you have the 99% or, you know, that's starting and, and struggling because, you know, one, you don't have a tech founder, right? It's, if you're going to build a tech company, you have to have tech founder. Um, <laughs> and then you need a CEO or founder who can, who can market and sell and do all the other components, just, you know, complement that. Then you started, you know, making sure that you have the funds to, to build the team and all, you know, and then, you know, constant uh, worrying of you need to grow, but how do you grow? Yeah, it's sleepless nights, but at the same time, you know, you just have, have to make it fun if you don't yeah. you know make that as your goal you know it's it will not go anywhere yeah no it makes a lot of sense because that's mm-hmm. I, i'm i'm just say just hearing your story and from what we talked about before assuming you're the same way kind of a thing but i'm a big focus on the process the operations side right. but in building that business you've got to build up all the levels. So everybody's got the sales mm-hmm. and marketing side. Yes, you've got your operations and delivering your product and hopefully the finance side of bringing some money in. And if you don't build those up together, if you put all your eggs right there in the operations mm-hmm. bucket and then you come back and say, well, wait a minute, who's going to buy this wonderful product we invested all of our funds in kind of a thing there. So you got to got to do everything at once and it doesn't have to come out the gate. Like you were saying with Amazon, Amazon's one book or one idea there. They didn't go mm-hmm. in selling everything under the sun that they do today, kind of an idea that you got to got to start from somewhere and hopefully build it up all levels together. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that, you know, even investors are looking for as well. I mean, they're not, they're looking for some of the traction. It sounds so fun whenever you read articles of, oh, so-and-so got, you know, 50 million or hundred million. But, you know, if you look back at that story of what it took to get to that point in order for them to be, you know, viewed by, um, you know, venture capitals or private equities or angel funds, or even, you know, family and friends, you know, you have to show that there, there is a possibility of growth. And if without that, they can't, they're not going to put the money in. And so, but um, going back to the Guache side of it, you know, we built the, the platform where the products are going directly to consumer. And then now we just launched another platform that goes directly to advisors and um, uh, brokers and agents. And so we created this virtual agent model where now the, the agent become more of an advisor that engage with the customer, no longer of, let me do all the work, send you the quote, and you say yes, and I complete it, you know, and you could see that, you know, that round, you know, the, the um, 
the cycle and people are never engaged in what they're purchasing they're just told what to do so what we have done is that now the, the product can be started by a client a customer and then as he's going through that journey the advisor is walking with with your client and then now you can complete the process and at the same time learn why they're buying such a thing and you know, and what next do I do they need in order to complete the whole, uh, I call it the portfolio, right? The protection, asset protection, homes, cars, business, you know, your life and all of that. And then after that, the advisor can move you into, hey, you know, you have a business, how are you going to grow it? Do you need capital? Do you need refinancing on your mortgage or you're, you know, buying another asset? So now we're moving into the fintech side of engaging uh, when it comes to money. And so that's why it's kind of fun because it's always evolving and changing and, um, and all our, you know, our product partners, as well as our channel distribution partners are, you know, they're like, why, you know, you've already built something that we need. And so now how can we engage and, and help you uh, grow? Now it makes sense. So as the company's kind of grown and evolved here over time, how has your role changed or, or evolved with it? Have you seen changes, obviously, at, probably between day one and now? Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't have to have 10 different job, <laughs> job titles. <laughs> like, yep. who, should, who am I today? <laughs> or on this phone call. Um, yeah, so we have a great team. Um, we have executive team. We have our own legal um, uh, counsel. Uh, corporate counsel inside as well and you know when you're you know startup you don't realize how important having a legal counsel is and because you're thinking oh you know you know I could just buy it on legal zoom I could do this you know and and of course you want to focus your money on creativity you know products development and 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 marketing and then but then you, you don't realize that legal component or the agreement that you sign can come back you know, to haunt you later because you're you, you're excited. You're like, yeah, I got my first agreement. You know, first purchase, and you just sign it and not realizing all the caveats. You know, the holes that can really come back to bite you. So, you know, I used to read law agreements. Now, you know, our attorney does that as well. Um, and then we have a um, investor, and investor he is more of a tech investor as well. You know, that's the part that we like because we are in. Um, AI and, and machine learning. So they own a big uh, tech company and that focuses on that component that, that really complement us as we're growing. And so that uh, to us, that's more valuable than just money thrown because with that money, I have to you know, find a tech partner company to help me. And so, um, but you know, our initial tech component, my founder, my co-founder is also my husband as well. And he's a tech. So, um, you know, the 20 plus years of experience in tech and development design, he he's like a 10 person in one. And so it's, it, it has saved us, you know, obviously a lot of, you know, time and but money. And at the same time, it's easy to work with. Because he gets yeah. me. He's like, I want, you know, I'm like the regular people. You know, I want my business to look like this. Can you do it tomorrow? You know. <laughs> yep, t- standard CEO and dealing with tech people. Yeah, you, you just do it overnight, right? Yeah, yeah. Get it done tomorrow. You know, we have a demo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how so, has that 
change then with your with your team and overall I know we had talked about some some changes early on with the the team structure and stuff how has how have you seen team of over, evolve over over the years yeah I think at the beginning I think you know like I said you know a lot of people get really excited about the whole vision of it and they want to be involved but they're more like the cheerleader you know they want to be a you know, on the sideline cheering for you and, you know, and, but then you still end up doing all the work, you know? Um, and then now, um, as you know, things have, it takes time to build and, and time goes by, they start losing interest, obviously. Um, and then, but what you need, you need core people that actually do the work, you know, that create that creativity, the contents, the marketing that, you know, engaging with your customer and create the process flows and, and, you know, build that whole traction of from beginning to the end of enrollments or purchase. So, um, you know, we built that and then now we'll be, you know, growing even more so. So we like to, you know, think of ourselves as a technology and marketing company because you can't have technology without the marketing, you know, with it because it's yeah. great. You could build something, but then how do I use it if the, you know, if you're opening up the app and like, uh, what do I do next? You know, <laughs> so, you know, and I've seen a lot of apps like, I don't, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm pretty smart. But I don't know what button to push, you know? Yeah. So um, having great UI UX people that, that can create that whole experience, you know, that journey for everybody, you know, from the product people to, to, you know, our channel partners and, and customers, people like me, you know, so we turn our, you know, our, our development into many different facets and look at it from a different angle. Cause if I'm a customer, I'm coming in, like, I want it to be very intuitive. I only want a few clicks. I want to make it simple, you know, and, you know, do we have that? Yeah. And if we don't have that, then you lost me because I'm kind of slow in some things, you know, when it comes to that part of it, because I don't have the patience either. And so if it can pass my patience and, you know, and questions, then I think um, the product, you know, tend to really go well, because, you know, I figure most people are like me, you know, they want a few clicks, swipes, moving things around, you know, so many other apps have really changed our view of how things should be working nobody wants to click they just want to swipe now you know or they just want to you know left or right or whatever it is take pictures upload you know so you know technology from when i started back in 2000 you know to now is so changed and it's exciting you know it's all the things that we had wanted to have done or create um luckily you know, so many other smart people have created it and we get to kind of write on it. <laughs> There's that. But yeah, it's it's to me, it's exciting saying, OK, what's the next 20 years going to bring? Because it's it's not slowing down at all. It's, it's still hurtling forward very quickly. But yeah, it's yeah, that's that's the challenge of being in the tech world for sure is that, OK, yeah, you can't stop and say, hey, yeah, we're good today because you'll be way behind tomorrow if, if you, if you yeah. quit evolving kind of a thing. Oh, absolutely. And it's not just, in, you know, you're talking about competing in the U.S. market. Now you're competing with global. I mean, every country have tech people and all of them are developing something. So, you know, no longer hundred people you're competing with, you're competing with thousands. And yep. so one of the events that I was uh, chosen to speak, it was at the uh, 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 Venture uh, Summit. And so I was one of the 10 companies that was chosen to speak in the verticals. 
And um, I was still the only woman, you know, uh, in, in my vertical. Uh, but then, you know, when they were telling me the numbers of all the people, all the companies competing to be in that space globally, you know, out of 300 companies, you know, who are putting their, you know, uh, bid or they're you know, applying for it. And then you're like, wow, competition is even, it's bigger than ever. Yeah. Uh, it really is. And that's, again, almost a benefit or side to the technology side is that all of a sudden with the technology, it's pretty easy to turn into a global company at this point. You've, you've got that worldwide audience. You're not limited to, like you said early on, the geographic brick and mortar store of, hey, it's going to be a 30 mile radius around our store. Now it's you can have one location, effectively one app that goes full global at that point. So if you can if you can support that, it makes it so much easier to get into that that playing field. And at the same time, it ups the competition because everybody else is getting into that playing field too. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, even our platform right now, cause I've been um, talking with, you know, governments out of you know, uh, Japan and, and Germany and they're like, we don't have a platform like yours. So our, we built the platform in, in that uh, forefront, right. Think, you know, I've been thinking about, the, you know, what would the future be? And so, um, not only are we, you know, deploying in the U.S. and growing in the U.S. market, but knowing that we can scale, we can be placed in Europe or Asia, or whatever. And so I just had a call with Hong Kong a few days ago, and he's like, you know, we want to develop this this type of product, you know, or platforms. And then he turned around, he's like, oh, never mind, we you already built this. So how can we work on this? Because we have thirty million you know, customers in Asia, we want to be a lot more engaging. We want our agents to be more engaging. And so, and, and then after that, he's like, oh, well, but, you know, by the way, you know, why don't you have the U.S. and the, Can you know, Canadian market as well? So a platform can move to any location globally and onboard different products and engage with different cultures and, and so forth. So um, that's what, you know, we are. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, am I tired? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get my sleep. <laughs> As I say, what, what's the end of the day? Your, your day here or in Asia or, <laughs> yeah. But I think one of the key thing is being, you know, women founder and, you know, create, creating these model is that it's stage in life too, right? Because my kids are older, you know, um, it's different if you have young kids and now you have to tutor at home and all these components and still run the companies. That really is adding a huge amount of challenge for a lot of women. But I think, you know, if you want to start a tech company or founder or be an entrepreneur, you really have to look at your stage in life. Yeah. Know, at what point? And, you know, because I started my agency when the kids were, I think, like in high school and saying, OK, in five years, they will be going to college. So, which means I need to start now. And so by the time they're gone, I can scale the business or whatever I want to do. And so it's a long-term planning. It's not just, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to start my business tomorrow. You know, if you want a longevity, right? You could do a quick, you know, business and sell e-commerce and then, you know, yeah, then you're out. But if you want to build a sustainable business, whatever market it is, manufacturing to, you know, tech to, you know, healthcare, whatever it is, it does take planning. Um, and then making sure that, you know, if you're married, your spouse is on board and, you know, supporting you. And then at the same time, knowing that, you know, you probably end up having no money for several years <laughs> and, and maybe poor for a while. <laughs> yeah. 
I, very rarely do I turn over that quick or turn around that quick. So yeah, exactly. You know, as much as I wanted to be in my in my head, you know, thinking, wow, you know, we could get this thing done in six months, and we're out the door. No, three years later. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. No, I'm always that way my, myself. My, my wife always, anytime I take on a project, I say, okay, it's gonna be about twice as long as you're as you're saying. <laughs> or maybe longer. Yeah, longer. <laughs> I like so, being, I'm um, optimist. Yes. Go yeah. Ahead. I was say, so one other thing we wanted, we talked on earlier and I wanted to kind of go back to, um, mm-hmm. I think I kind of get it from your personality, but say, are you the type of person that wants to dive in and solve the business challenges and stuff that the changes in business yourself? Or are you one that turns to outside resources or turns to other resources for guidance or input at least that way? Um, probably it's a combo of both. I come out with the ideas and dive in and then, you know, why I'm, diving in, I do ask our, you know, I have advisors and mentors. Um, that's one of the key components that people have to have. I thought I did need it, you know, as a startup or as a, you know, um, entrepreneur, you know, well, you know, I think I could read everything, you know, on, 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 uh, on YouTube or, you know, uh, read books. But in reality, people must have advisor coaching, all of that, because there's so many holes that you don't even think about because you're so optimistic. You know, the rainbow is going to, you know, you're staring at the rainbow tomorrow and everything's going to work out. And so that's the fallacy, you know, not realizing, but having a great mentors, advisor, coaches that can really help you along that journey and go, hey, wait a minute, look for this pitfall. Don't forget this, you know, and stuff like that. It, it makes a huge difference. So they have helped me find things or, you know, or um, help me look at the same issues differently. And from there, I'll, I'm able to kind of fix the problem, you know, or, or enhance it, right? Yeah. Like, oh, what a great idea. Let me add this, you know. And so, um, and then, of course, having, you know, a great team as well, because um, having an open door where they're able to kind of express you know, saying, well, you know, I don't think that's a really good idea, you know, and here's why. And, you know, I'm open to anyone because I cannot, I, I don't have a head that's 360 degrees that turns, right? I can only look this way or this way or a few, you know, a few angry at a time, but then they do. I mean, that's why they're, you know, in the team because they bring nuances or experience that I haven't had or, or um, you know, you know, for them to, um, you know, bring the, the kind of expert that can even enhance what you're thinking. So, uh, yeah, so the answer is both. Actually. Both. Yeah. <laughs> well, in some respects, that really is the key there. But I guess the other side of it that I see a lot of times is typically the entrepreneur says, hey, I can still wrap my arms around everything, even though it's not my expertise. But the sooner you can really start handing off some of that, delegating some of that to say, hey, I need somebody else that can do the financial side for me. It's like, I, I'm not going to get into managing books and tracking books, t- books and taxes and stuff like mm-hmm. that, that the sooner you can hand that off, or uh, you mentioned legal counsel early on, it's like, yeah, you can go up on the web these days and download some template agreement or something like that. But having that, that expertise, like you're referring to, to say, Hey, come review this agreement before I go think it's okay, but I'm not a lawyer. So I really don't understand all the legal terms to it and sign it kind of a thing mm-hmm. can one, gets you moving a lot faster, and two, save you a lot of headache down the road kind of a thing of, oh, we shouldn't have signed that, or, oh, we should have done that tax filing differently kind of a thing, whatever the case may be, of bringing that in, that outside expertise, even though, 
like I said, you're, you're still the one driving the ship for sure. But having that outside expertise is, well, at least save you a lot of headaches down the road, put it that way. Oh, absolutely. Especially now, you know, more than ever, you don't have to hire as a full-time. You could do a lot of fractional, like you said, yeah. you know, fractional CTOs to, you know, CIOs to, you know, um, uh, my CFOs, right? So all these people that can bring you that, that expertise in that an hour or two or week or whatever the time period can save you weeks or months of stress and headache that you found yourself in. Yeah. So these are all learning for me too. Before I had <laughs> like, oh, I, I can read this, you know? And, uh, but, you know, as we're scaling and building the type of companies and a lot of the partnerships that we are engaged in, and, you know, multi-billion dollar companies, you know, fortune, whatever, you know, they have a fantastic lawyers in their, in their, you know, in their fold. And those are the agreements they're sending you. There is no way that I could, you know, decipher. And so our, especially our uh, legal counsel and also he's our advisor, business advisor. He has that. He comes from fortune 100 companies. He, you know, does IP work and he was corporate and, you know, and he does securities. So I have really, you know, met my jackpot because he could do all of it. I don't have to look for different, you know, skill set in the legal side. Um, and then our CFO, you know, he's fractional CFO as well. Um, and he, you know, he, he ran what, eight, seven billion, ten billion dollar companies. So he's always, you know, giving me guidance. Uni, when you hit this stage, this is what you're going to run into. And then when you hit you know, to become a hundred million company, you hit the stage, you become a billion. So every step you have different challenges. And so you need to be aware and know what's coming rather than be hit in the face. <laughs> Cause that's the thing. A lot of times people, Hey, if we just get through this one wall, this one ceiling, we've got it figured out and we're clear sailing. And the reality is there's another one beyond that. Another one beyond that, that it, as you grow that business, it's going to keep, keep hitting you there, but you got to be Got to be able to grow. And that's really where I think the, the outside coaches, the outside advisors really come in handy. It is. And that's something that people should have that at the beginning, not later. Yeah. Um, because you could meet it going down a road of an idea and then six months later and you're like, wow, that was such a big mistake. Because I didn't think about these things. I didn't think about the legal. I didn't think about the financials, you know, all these components. You just wasted six months. Well, you know, for if you're 22, six months may not be that bad. But when you're a little bit older and you're like, well, you know what? I don't think I can go back six months <laughs> of, of, of regaining my age back, you know. And so I think that's the part that really people have to think about. Time really is super valuable. That's something we can never, ever, ever get back. We can make more money. We can lose money. We can lose friends. You know, we could do all these other things in the world. But time is something that we can never, you know, change. Yeah. And time costs, honestly, that the, the, yeah. it takes you six months to do something yourself versus, hey, can I pay a fractional person that can come in and, and do some of that for me, take some of that off of me where I can focus in other areas. You only got so much time because we were talking about market moving so quick. Yeah. You only got so much time to stay with the market or stay up to tune. And if you're taking so long yourself trying to do it all yourself, you're largely hamstringing your own company at that point. Yeah, and, and, you know, there's so many um, competitions in the market space. There's so many people who have similar ideas. And so you may miss that that point where, you know, maybe venture capital heard the idea from someone else first and they're funded and you're like, I got the same idea. So yeah. it's too late. 
You know? Right, though, yeah. So, yeah. And at the same time, you know, you lose your time with your family and your friends, you know, because you're so engaged in your business so much as well. So there's a lot of things that, that you would miss out because you are not asking somebody, you know, to help you or to, to kind of look in from the outside because it's much clearer when you're outside looking through a glass versus when you're in it, you know, you know, and it, it's true, you know, because we, we get so wrapped up in our world that you can't escape from it yeah 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 we really do as, as, as business owners and such you almost kind of especially the entrepreneurial type you kind of de- develop those blinders of okay this is this is what I'm excited about this is my path this is what I'm on and it's like okay there there might be even if it's overall the right path might be some ways to speed it up or to enhance it or whatever like that so exactly exactly so I've learned to partner I've learned to partner I've learned to rely on the expertise you know having you know great team um, only thing that seem, you know that um, I'm able to do actually, or you know, could bring to the table, you know, on a consistent level is ideas. <laughs> oh, wait a minute! Hey, I got a new idea this week. <laughs> oh, and that's 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 the entrepreneurial vision right there. That's that's the visionary there. But at the same time, you got to have, like I said, all the pieces to people, resources to implement. But no, there's there's nothing wrong with that. You, that's to me, that's almost the most critical role. Is if you don't have the if you don't have the ideas, if you don't have the drive, then mm-hmm. where's the rest of the company at that point? Yeah, and as yeah, actually, you're right. I mean, uh, but you know, I've learned to stay focused too. You know, I could tend to be this oh squirrel, squirrel, you know, <laughs> and chasing the squirrel. Oh, you know, so um, everyone you know around me, the team, and and our advice is like Uni, focus, <laughs> focus. So <laughs> it really helps to have people around you that kind of corrupt all your you know your ideas and and get you you know continue to moving forward because if not just, there's always something new you know new challenge new product so, oh wait we could add this oh wait we could do this you know and never get anything completed so yeah yeah no definitely there so so i can keep going forever here but i'm um, always kind of like to circle back and wrap up with kind of one question to say if there was something you wish you'd known four or five years ago whenever starting the company kind of thing if i had just known this or just tried this sooner Anything come to mind? Um, you know, for me, it's going to be the getting the advisors early on. Yeah. And because and I think I would have saved months or even, you know, a year of, you know, the, the struggle. Um, and then probably the second one, sorry, I'm going to give you two, is to build your network of, you know, the people that you are going to see, meaning your new, you know, customer. They, you want to be in your, in, your, in your base and then also all the people who's going to fund you who's going to be offering you investment and get to know them early on yeah because if you but you know by the time that you are looking for funding and try to get into the network is very hard it's it's very small network and and um, so if you know one they'll all know you so you know, start that journey early on and start building the relationship. So they'll remember you when they see you again. Yeah, no, both of those might make a lot of sense there. Cause yeah, it's, even if you're not the sales type, there's still, especially early on a sales aspect, you got to get out there, you network, you got to get out there and talk to people, make it known. Cause I think you even mentioned you can build a great product, but if nobody knows about it, it's, it's not gonna be much of a business for long at that point. Exactly, exactly. So ooh, this was so much fun. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate the time. So um, if people want to learn more about Go Ask Jay or about um, you and yourself, where's, where's the best way for them to come find you and come reach you? 
Yeah, they can find me on LinkedIn would be fantastic. And then of course, goashj.com. That's so super easy. We wanted to make sure that people, you know, ask, you know, goashj rather than ask Google. So that's our, that's our theme line. (laughs) Gotcha. I was actually going to ask you, but where the name come from that? So that's cool. But yeah, we'll get all the, all the links right here below. So everybody can come find you and come learn some more about insurance there. But I really appreciate the time, really the insights and everything else. It sounds like it's been a fun journey. It is. It is. It's hard, but fun. You have to make it fun. Yeah, for sure. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Building to Scale podcast. If you would like to share your entrepreneurial business growth story, please visit buildingtoscale.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you do both us and our guest a favor and share it on your social media accounts? Don't forget to hit subscribe in your player so that you don't miss any future episodes and make sure to reach out to Jeff Chastain on any of the major social media networks or check us out at admentis.com. 